Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Two Half Squads. Today is July 15th, 2008. Very good, Dave. This should be episode number eight. Eight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's eight. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, we have, uh, what are we going to do today, Dave? Well, we didn't write down a list of the order, did we? But no. Can I open with this? Yes. I, I've been um, hoping that you would open with that. My, my mom says hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this. Um, Candace is a woman. Yes. Did we say that in the last show? I think we mentioned oh, it. Oh, sorry. I think we did. Um, then I would go to, I played my 1,000th game. <sighs> and uh, That's amazing. Do you remember what I said I was going to do for my 1,000th game? Well, I thought there was going to be a parade or something. Big party with yeah, the party. PASL yeah. club. Right. Um, have everyone, I had to win. It was a requirement. Whoever I was looking me, forward right? to it because you throw a heck of a party. Yeah. And I think what one episode I had said is probably going to end up happening with me not realizing it, playtesting with Dave. Yeah. It happened that way. Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> I playtested a hakapale scenario and my friend left and i logged in the the game and looked at the line and it was number 1000 so well let me ask you i did it and uh, you mentioned guess who won oh you not me oh i'm sorry so i even lost my 1000 well i uh, you mentioned uh, this to me the other day and i'm wondering didn't you notice when you wrote down game number 999 <laughs> that maybe the next one? Or did you not make that connection like the I, next one would be 1,000? Tell me how your brain somehow, works. Somehow, you know, I cannot explain it. <laughs> I cannot explain it at all. That's a mystery. Yeah, because, you know, the games are playing in advance. I know yeah. we're playing tomorrow night in this ASL club, PASL club. Yeah. I know I was gaming with him on a Friday. You know, that, maybe that Friday club on your side. I don't. I can't tell. It's kind of like the year two thousand thing, though, because that came and went, and nobody noticed. Did yeah, they? and yeah. well, <laughs> remember everything was supposed to shut down. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that? Uh, they were Planes mistaken. We're going to crash were in the air, yeah. and you know, yeah. I mean, we built the whole bomb shelter in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so that, yes, that, congratulations on that one thousandth game. That, that's yeah. quite an achievement. And I, I don't. I'd like to know if anybody else out there keeps as good a track of their. Uh, Squad leader games as you. Yeah, well, in fact, I played 1001 and I did win that one against the same opponent, so I'm kind of considering that my thousandth, the 1001. Um, yeah, maybe people do. You know what you know would be nice is a card or uh, something from MMP. Oh, I need, to you. A, I need a plaque, don't I? I think something, some acknowledgement from them. I was actually, I'm still waiting for some acknowledgement from them. <laughs> for the show. For the show. I just, <laughs> like, hello, hello, we make this game. Thank you for something. But yeah, I, maybe, I shouldn't give them too someday. much of a hard time because I don't know any of them. And they no. Might, they might be very nice people. And we haven't personally phone called yet. No, have we haven't. So we, just, we emailed, and I do. I think they must know about it because I know Brian Use is, is all over the game squad, and I post the announcements there all the time. Yeah, but, uh, I imagine some of them have to be listeners, yeah. I would hope. But so, anyway, anyway yeah. you know, they're going to start their own. It's going to be much better than ours. Oh, yeah. We'll be in trouble. <laughs> that won't be hard. I also <laughs> wanted to do one other thing here as we get started. Yes. Um, I wanted to be sure and correct Bonsai. I, I got it wrong, unbelievably. It is B-A-N-Z-A-I. Yes. Correct? Yes. And here's how all of us can remember that in the future. Oh, good. It is a Z in the ASL bonsai, not a S, because the trees is the bonsai. 
Right. And they grow in a curvy pattern. They don't grow with jagged, sharp edges like a Z has. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the Z is for the attack, the sharp bayonet attack, the bonsai. Yeah. Pointy. And the A in in the word ban, because when they charge, they yell, Oh, yeah. Ah! Right. They don't yes. yell, Ooh! <laughs> or, Oh! Yes. Okay? So it is definitely an A. Bonsai! Got it. Boy, I am never going to forget that. You won't now. I will just wish I had. <laughs> All right, well, that's... What else? Do you have any other announcements? Um, oh, my 1,000th game. Yeah, I can't tell you more about it because I was sworn to secrecy as I'm playtesting. Oh, you're playtesting, right, right. So I can't tell you what kind of a game it was and all. Well, maybe in the future. Details. Maybe in the future. Uh, I have a few announcements. Mm-hmm. There is a green Saturn with its lights on in the parking lot. Oh, that's mine. Your, oh. <laughs> you can go, go take care of that for me. Now, I've got some listener uh, mail that I thought we could go through. Go ahead. Um, we got a lot of good response from the last show, which is always much appreciated. And I, I just picked out a few here that were interesting. And I wanted to mention um, this one from Andy Waller, who uh, says... Thanks for the excellent podcast. I live and work in Kuwait as a British international teacher and have done so for 12 years. I used to game in the late 70s, but university life, divorce, remarriage, divorce, etc., etc. Poor guy. I feel for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, got in the way. About two years old, uh, two, year, two years ago, I bought ASL from MMP, but there are no players here at all, with the possible exception of military personnel posted to Kuwait, but I have no contacts with them. So I'm reduced to vassal unless I start a club at school. So he says, uh, if you have any listeners out there that are in Kuwait, tell them to get in touch. So we're going to throw that out there. All you Kuwaiti listeners out there, please get in touch with Andy Waller. And if you don't know how to get in touch with him, you can get in touch with us and we'll we'll link you up with him. And actually, I did send him a link to uh, about, about 30 um, game players of various kinds from the Board Game Geek website that live in Kuwait. So he's going to try to make some contact with them. I don't think there were any ASL players there, but they play a lot of other games. Yeah. You never know. You can always uh, try to get somebody over to the dark side. (laughs) So good luck, Andy. We hope that turns out. Let us know if you meet somebody. Uh, This one from Brian's. Uh, Brian Spellman, possibly. Brian Spellman. Uh, great podcast, guys. Keep it up. I was driving to work when you shook the storage case and forgot to close it. I almost spit coffee all over my new car. <laughs> great links. How about some pics now as well? Boy, I don't know. Would we want to take pictures of us? Oh, I don't think he wants pictures of us. Oh. I think what he does he want, want pictures? Oh. oh, probably of squad leader games being played or Well, I shaved. I shaved today. <laughs> I should have worn pants, though. <laughs> I'd feel more comfortable if you had, Jeff. Well, it's hot here in Chicago, Dave, and I like to be comfortable. I don't like... I can tell. I like to feel free. Okay. Well, no pictures. Oh, pictures of playing. Yeah. I don't... I, I, I think it takes you long enough to get the game posted on. Not that I'm, you know... I don't oh, help please, Jeff do the tech please. work. I don't help Jeff do the tech work, no. so it's it's a lot of work, right? And we have to get pictures Oh, it's a huge amount of work. It's huge. Now, are you exaggerating? Well, I'm exaggerating. Oh, okay. I've been busy. I mean, I could take pictures, I and mean, there's always fun ones. I probably have a bunch. Yeah, we should probably. We probably. I think they wanted Tarawa, pictures. and they wanted um, maybe some of Joe's big games. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we got to do that. I can't show them pictures of my 1,000th game because it was a um, Hakapale playtest that I'm not allowed to t- you know, talk yeah. about or show anyone what right. it would have looked like. You have to kill me right after the show, That's don't right. you? All right. Um, also says, uh, would love to see <laughs> storage pics. Oh. Well, pics, pic, pictures of yeah, the storage, storage that would methods. Be, yeah. That mm-hmm. would be fascinating. Sure. And then uh, Brian goes on to say that um, he heard the dog. He could hear the dog uh, drinking from his bowl at oh. one point in the episode. Yes, I remember. I remember him saying that. So that's Charlie, and you'll be hearing, you'll probably be getting to know the dogs as time goes on, whether you want to or not. Let's see, I have an email here from, uh, do you want to read any of these, Dave? Or can no, I you go that? ahead. Oh, okay, because I'm, I'm doing such a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's one from Nick. He says, I'm curious if you would ever consider doing an episode on other World War II tactical game systems that are out there. I know this is a taboo topic in some ASL circles, and perhaps that alone would make a few minutes of interesting discussion. You've mentioned unofficial products briefly, and even that was uh, approached with some trepidation. I find the religious, for lack of a better word, aspect ASL to be very interesting and somewhat humorous. Oh, there's Charlie now. (laughs) Isn't he dainty, tiptoeing down the stairs? (laughs) Uh, Perhaps a discussion of why many ASLers play ASL to the exclusion of anything else, only by officially sanctioned products and scoff at the mere mention of any other tactical system. That would make an interesting episode. I, I kind of agree. That I think that is an interesting topic. I don't know if we'll do a whole episode on it. But. Yeah, my thoughts were, um, certainly I have so many irons in the fire, gaming that I do, yeah. D&D, um, the miniatures, various miniatures, rules, uh, and so on, that I'm not into really looking at another World War II game at this point. I do yeah. the miniatures game, yeah. um, Battleground, ASL and miniature, and then ASL itself. So learning another system. I just don't have the time for it. Uh, as for non-sanctioned products, non-official products, I think we will probably get into those someday. Oh, yeah, I definitely would like to do order up some critical hit. I don't own any well, I have a bunch like critical hit. And, I have a bunch of heat of battle, critical hit, and yeah. so on. Um, we'd also borrow some from someone else because no one has sent us free copies for us to produce. I don't want free copies. I'm going to buy them. Okay. I, if um, they send me a free copy, I'm going to send it back. Uh, so send it I'm to done, my address. After I'm done playing with it. <laughs> Um, so, but uh, I, but I do play another tactical World War II game system. Which is? Which is, uh, Panzer Grenadier system from Avalanche Press. Actually, I had played it the first one. I was going to use it at school, and then I realized, man, I just can't remember that system. And ASL is easier to go to, um, well, Battleground and Miniature now. Yeah. I do with those boys. Interesting you should say that because I found that I remember my ASL rules better as a result of having played a little bit. And I've just started playing the Panzer Grenadier system because, and I've read something about this recently. If you want to learn something well, take a break and study something else huh. that's similar. And it helps your brain categorize things better and put them away in such a way that you can recall them better. Okay. So well, I've probably kind of been doing that with all the other games. That yes, I you do, have. But um, but as I get more into the Panzer Grenadier, I may be talking about it off and on here and there. Yeah, that should be okay. Yeah. Uh, also, though, with play time to do this stuff, um, you may remember on the other episode with Bob Holmstrom. Yeah. He had said you know that he was going to start to take my approach, which is you know there's only so much time you have in your life. That's so, true. So much 
material comes out for ASL, official and unofficial, yeah. that time-wise we just restricted ourselves to the official. I've submitted for an extension in my lifespan to, uh, so you, I could get more. Get a reply on I that? I haven't yet? heard back yet. Yeah, I think death's going to come to the door, <laughs> and uh, you're going to say, oh, well, I haven't finished playing all the published scenarios I'm still, yet. I'm in tier, turn three of Tarawa. Come, go away. <laughs> come back later. And, of course, then when you do finally catch up and finish that last scenario, yeah, published scenario, and the new annual hasn't come out yet, or journal, yeah, you know who's going to come to your door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the axe will fall. You're done now. Come la with me. La last bit of mail from Sandman. The Sandman. Um, I think his name is Dave. He's looking for ASL players in Wales. So we're, I feel like we're matchmakers here. Dave. We are. And there are other gamers that have been on our posting on our site from England. From, from Wales, yeah. I don't know if it was Wales or if it was England or They're Scotland. They're very close on the map. They are for a United States person yeah. Yeah, to look at. So I don't know. That looks close. And is uh, Wales? That's right next to Kuwait, isn't it? <laughs> okay. All right. So that's it for mail. For viewer mail. Uh, listener mail. Oh yes. If they're viewing us, we have a problem. Uh, and Dave, before I go on, I want to just thank you for bringing tonight's special beverage. This is uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail Ale. Tempered yes. over burning witches. Can't beat that with a stick. And I like that it's, it comes in a big bottle. <laughs> I love the big bottle. Big image of the goblet, God holding up the goblet yeah. with the whole castle in there. And all yeah, that very stuff. nice. Very nice bottle and a very delicious beer. This comes from the United Kingdom, and uh, we're very happy to have it. And thank you for bringing that. They're good marketers, aren't yeah. they, those Monty yeah. Python people? Yes, they are. I would like to mention that um, we've broken a 900 Listeners have hit episode one. They might be repeat listeners, but at least it's gone over 900. Over 5,000 total hits. Um, I noticed episode two is lagging behind episodes three and I think four. I was wondering oh, why that is, listeners. Because yeah. hmm. in that episode, you'll find a wonderful top ten list that Jeff did um, on why you should play ASL. And I hope everyone will go back and listen to episode two. Let's get it caught up there. So. Well, you know, we could... Um we could play parts of that back when we do our anniversary show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be yeah. good. Yeah. A little retrospective. Um, one other note I had. Um, we talked about redoing your storage trays. Yeah. And guess who got inspired? You. Me. Really? I got inspired. And I went out and I um, purchased new containers, the storage containers, wow. but still from Hobby Lobby, two ninety nine oh. instead of the one ninety nine version. And there are the rounded bottoms. Oh yeah. And there's two additional trays. I think there is twenty instead of eighteen I had in my other containers or seventeen I had in my other containers. There's twenty compartments, so I gained compartments. So I went online and I started pulling images in to make labels. You made so your I would own type labels. up the little seven four seven with the superscript two and underlining for the assault firepower and all that, and put the United States flag symbol on all those labels for the Americans, and pulled in a Soviet symbol. And I debated: do I use the red the the star on the red background, or do I go for the hammer and sickle on the red background? Ooh, decisions, decisions. But I am redoing them all. <laughs> I've got about four or five done. I actually spent, I think it was an hour today. 
doing the Russian Soviet vehicles because of course I found out I needed to rearrange them while I was doing this because the oil oh, yeah. wasn't as good as it could have been. Oh my god! Just kept going and going, and I did some statistics. Financially, before I got into redoing my own counter storage system, and uh, I offered my friend um, copies of those too, who's also getting started in ASL. He'll be here for an interview in a short while. But it, I had 23 storage counters, and they are for people who are maybe setting up. You need one for British infantry, British 20, vehicles. 23 containers. Oh, separate you had containers. 23 containers. Correct. Wow. Don't you yet? Um, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> British infantry. You yeah. need one for British vehicles. Yeah. Japanese infantry. Japanese vehicles. Chinese, you need one. Limited vehicles. Huh. Um, the French, you need infantry and then a vehicles. U.S. infantry. US you need, you need a whole one for French vehicles? Right? Well, I have it that way. If I go back and actually look at it, which one was the last time I played my French counters? We did that three-way game. Weren't, weren't there French in there? No, that oh. was... Partisans, or that was Germans, a, and, and the Finns, or something. Um, yeah, Romanians. Oh, okay. different kind of, Anyway. Um, yeah. So, but I think you might be able to cram those together. I suppose. Yeah. Um, U.S. infantry, U.S. vehicles. I got a lot of different vehicles, and the U.S. Marine Corps is a separate counter, so a tray. So that's ah. three trays. Italian infantry, and then one for Italian vehicles. And I have my speaking of third-party endeavors, Ethiopians in with my Italian vehicle. Tray, ah, yes. Um, and they live happily together there? The, well, no, you have to keep dividers between them. Oh, okay. Uh, the Russian infantry, the Russian vehicles, German infantry, German vehicles. Then there's the German SS counters in a separate tray. The mm. blue ones, official ones from ASL, from Avon Hill. Then there's the S German SS black ones infantry that originally came out with a third-party product again. Heat of Battle did the black counters. Okay. Uh, Führer's firemen and these packets of, of scenarios because people wanted them in the original black. Apparently in the first squad leader game, the SS were colored black. Like they had, a lot of them had black uniforms. Yeah. Um, also the camo and so on. But but people liked that. So when they did squad leader, they just made all the Germans in the blue. SS blue also. Ah. Then people were kind of like, oh, we liked the black counters. Black we got used black. to that. So they reissued them officially. Avalon Hill in black. Mm -hmm. And then they gave you a bunch of German vehicles in black. So when you play your SS, the whole board can be black counters. Which... Sweet. It could be. It could be. Uh, One for your fins, and when Hakapale comes out... I'm just getting all excited about it, Dave. (laughs) Just thinking about it. Well, I'll find us an SS game and we'll play one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably haven't even seen them. I haven't seen them. You've played a lot. Uh, tray for the fins, and you're going to need yeah. it, especially when Hakapale comes out, mm-hmm. which is going to have the, some vehicle. Why does that sound like that takes, that takes place in the South Pacific, Hakapale? I feel like it's all Hawaii, the Hawaiian. Hakapale. Yeah. Isn't that from South Pacific? I and think it means you're right. like. Fare the well coconut head. Yeah, something like that. But then, it, it means something else, does it? Is that right? It's Finnish? Yes. Are you Finnish? Oh. No, I'm not, but Mr. Timonen is, and he's my fellow playtester, and he knows what it means, and he knows what CC means and oh, all okay. these things. Okay, well, well when, uh, when you finished. can talk about that stuff, maybe we can go into it. We will. Uh, Axis miners need a tray, mm-hmm. uh, allied miners, and one for Hungarians now. Oh. You have um, out of, what was it called? Hungarian one. Few returned? 
No. No. The, uh, it's a whole big game. It's, it's a big one. Oh, yeah. Armies of Oblivion? Armies of Oblivion, yeah. The Hungarians should have their own box also. Apparently, yeah. I didn't need a vehicle boxes for those. So, so you there go, you go, 23. Did, now, did you Japan, go out and buy 23 new boxes? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh. I rode my little bike to Hobby Lobby, and I loaded up a backpack. I could fit about eight in there, and I, and I rode home. So oh. I have to make another trip later. I'm saving yeah. gas. Yeah, um, that's very good. You're saving gas, but you're buying lots of plastic yeah. <laughs> made from fossil what? fuels. What am I saying? Oh, okay, Mr. Environmental. Yeah. What am I supposed to make mine out of recycled wood lumber? from? I think so. Where are you going? He's walked away. Yeah, we're, keep recording. We're still recording. Uh, so you need 23 counters hey, times $3. Oh. Someone's here. We're going to have to introduce guests soon. So if you spend $3, you'd be paying $69. And if you spend $4 for Jeff's expensive ones, you'd pay $92. There you go, folks. Save your money for the counters. Look who's here. So we introduce we our guests special, live or should we, we stop this guests. and clean this up? Oh, I don't know. Let's do it both Let's roll ways. It. Let's do it both ways. This is Dan Edder. Dan, how are you? Nice to see you. Welcome. We're recording live now. Recording. Yeah. Absolutely. We're on the air. And Steve Safford. Hi, Dave. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome, both of you, gentlemen. Both know Jeff Hallett. Have you met yes, Jeff we yet? Do. Yeah, we're, we have. We go way back. <laughs> Just and. about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Five, actually. <laughs> we brought them both here this evening to um, give you a rookie's perspective. So, okay, so we're going to turn the show over to you guys. <laughs> and we're going to leave. Bye. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I thought this was an interesting idea, Dave, to have the rookies on, because I'm trying to think of the last time I like watched a talk show and they didn't have they didn't bring on an expert like an expert astronomer or something. Uh -huh. They just brought on like a rookie astronomer to talk about something. He was more exciting. Somebody who hadn't actually. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, somebody like a first year acting student instead of you know Robert De Niro. So, yeah, so I like this. Is an interesting idea. They got a lot more fire in their belly. Yeah. Those new people. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll we're hoping they'll bring us some questions and things that maybe new players will also have been thinking about, so that you can get your questions answered here. And should they fail to do that, it'll be a short interview. <laughs> <laughs> but we like new people, so. and they're new. They're fairly new. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can edit out all that stuff. So let's just continue on. All right. Keep it real. Keep it raw. Um, let's start with asking our new our guests here. Um, Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe. Um, my name's Steve. <laughs> I, I've played maybe I've played only three ASL games. Three um, games of squad leader. Woohoo! Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yep. And I've won all three, which is amazing in itself. Yeah, he's the one. That's that, a very good way to start. Well, except he beat me on one. <laughs> I'm like, well, I should easily be able to beat beat Steve, you know. Is this third game? Was that the third one, mm -hmm. last one? And it was the one I mentioned on the other show where the guy was running his people across the open ground. And I was taking neg two defensive first fire, subsequent fire shots, and so on. It was against Steve, so congratulations, Steve. For Thank you. Making it through all that gunfire and just <laughs> making all your morale checks. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I didn't realize I was doing some really boneheaded moves until <laughs> after the game, and Dave's like, there's nobody in the world that would have done what you've done. So Make uh, it across that road with all that, you know. But again, on the last turn, you had to. Yeah, that's true. You had to. So he tried this, and it worked out. It's called a mini-patent. <laughs> <laughs> or something. 
Now, you were a gamer by uh, in other ways? You play other games? I used to um, when I was younger and in college, I would say. Um, played D&D, um, Traveler, a lot of other ones. Um, oh. Paranoia, which was a lot of fun, I thought. What's that? Role-playing? Yeah, role-playing okay. games pretty much. Um, but nothing... Nothing actually. Nothing really as complicated as um, Squad Leader, which is which is different and a lot more fun. I think the challenge the challenge of it is the strategy and uh, figuring out the tactics and how all your players are going to be moving all at one time. I used to play this game called Car Wars too. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I have no. heard. Yep, I've heard of all. And of those. Actually, what was the other game too? That was a Star Trek game. But we used to only just battle the ships. We didn't really role play with that one. We just uh, used the ship battle yeah, rules. Which yeah, was fun. So actually, that's pretty similar. To Car Wars was that like a chariot race? You're, you have armament and you're yeah. Racing you can you, you buy each other. You buy guns for your cars or your motorcycles. You you know you drop mines behind you and you have like a little race and blow up the cars and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, with the dice. Yes. <laughs> so um, Road Warrior. So, so, so like yeah, Mel Gibson. Maybe yeah, like yeah, Road Warrior. It's kind of like that. It was, it was pretty. Actually, it was a lot of fun. And then, how long has it been since uh, you last played those role playing games? Have you been out of gaming for a while? For a while. Oh, yeah. okay. And Dave got you back in. Yeah, actually, got he you into... had dinner at my house one time, and you just and found out I was a, a World War II history buff um, and a Tolkien fan. Right. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yep. So, um, just kind of talked about that, and he says, "Well, I've got something you might might be interested in. Just come over and check it out." So, see, that's why I said last show that if you're looking for somebody to play squad leader and you don't have anybody in your area, check your library or places where you might find World War II buffs because I'll bet you might find somebody that might be interested in mm-hmm. getting involved with yeah. Squad And then Steve's yeah. gaming background helped a lot oh, yeah. to adapt to doing that kind of thing. You know? What was interesting too, is that it was funny, I just read on some blog site the other day that um, people that play ASL probably have a better view of history than probably a lot of historians out there just because they kind of understand the battles and they've actually kind of played and seen what the tactics would have looked like back then. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think as far as the military aspect of it, yes, not the political okay. or the, um, ge- ge- well, maybe the geopolitical, no, none of that, the economics, all that that I teach when I teach it in junior sure. high. But we get to discussions, and the kids ask me anything about the weapon stuff, like, oh, I saw this movie and a guy had this tube thing and he fired it, I can tell them exactly what it's like. Or they'll make statements like, well, well America, you know, we always have the best tanks, we have the best everything. And go, mm, no, you didn't. <laughs> Not in World War II. You know? So I learned all those facts by playing Squad Leader. You know? um, so yeah, it has given me an a in-depth grasp of history in terms of battle tactics and battle weaponry and so on nationalistic character national characteristics of the armies or what they and of course then I started reading a lot more sure. being a, a squad leader player I just started reading about World War II yeah so yeah. Um, Dan <laughs> a little about yourself uh, my name is Dan I um, I've I've played squad leader just one time back uh, oh I believe it was what three four weeks ago probably um, I, I played Steve, and at that time it was his second game, and he was getting uh, coached pretty pretty heavily by by Dave here, along with basically walking me through it, you know, holding my hand. Um, but I I enjoyed it. I I have to be honest with you when I when I looked at the at the board and I looked at the uh, the the game pieces, my my first thought was that it wasn't a very 
in-depth or, or detailed game. Oh, yeah. And then we started playing it, and that's when I realized that this was probably the most advanced game that I had ever played. Um, I was not a gamer um, in the sense of, of what uh, the three of us have been, or the four of us have been talking about. Um, I, I would say the only gaming I really played was, was sports-related, um, you know, baseball type of, um, you know, sports gaming. Uh, nothing regarding um, military or D&D or uh, any of that. But I do have a military background, which is what I believe Dave mm -hmm. uh, brought me in um, understanding. Um, I am a, a military veteran. Um, I was uh, in the Army National Guard for 22 years. Um, you know, so I do naturally have a, an affinity towards um, military history. I am a, a bit of a military history buff, though not a um, you know, ecstatic, um, but I do enjoy military history. I do, um, you know, enjoy World War II and, and that era of Vietnam, um, you know, so naturally I was, uh, um, you know, brought into this and I was excited uh, when Dave invited me here. So it's, um, it, it was neat to, um, you know, knowing what I know about military tactics, which is a bit different from what, you know, the what we are doing here on the gaming side regarding infantry armor. I was actually on the aviation side, yeah, which is, I think... I was going to ask that for clarification. If the tactics of, um, you know, hitting tanks from the side with bazookas uh, was something that you experienced, but that would not be true. Yeah, I was primarily on the on the assault side rather than the attack side, so I was more of a, of a, a troop-carrying aircraft and dropping infantry folks off into a into an AO or an AA and, and then AA, leaving from there. AA means? Well, area of operation or assembly area. Assembly AA area. is assembly okay. area. Um, but regarding infantry, specific infantry tactics, I would say that I'm, you know, this is something that I will, I will be learning uh, infantry and armor tactics much more, obviously, playing this game than I've ever experienced in the military. Yeah, hmm, interesting. Yeah, but I guess yeah, if you're in the Air Force or whatever, then certain you wouldn't learn the other tactics. You know, it's out there. Uh, but again, when I do read history, I, I find they're doing the same things. You know, they're giving an account of taking a, a city, and they want to send a flanking force around or, or a pinning force to. You know, when you I guess you look at Desert Storm, on, on the big scale, what's that called? Strategic, operational. Strategic Maybe is actually the, strategic. Yeah. yeah, that's the, the over. Upper, yep. So like Schwarzkopf, didn't he have a a force in one location and made it look like he was going to attack that way, right. mm -hmm. and then he blitzkrieged everything around around the, the left side, side through yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Now that on even though squad leaders not you're not playing with battalions, regiments, or armies, you're playing with squads and platoons. Right. Three squads usually is a platoon. Um, you are. Uh, can still use those tactics because I like to set yeah. up oh, yeah. with a holding force and, and hope that he thinks I'm going to go that way, especially if you have concealment, which you guys haven't gotten into yet as beginners. But um, And then, you know, send the big other force the other way, you know, and that's a tactic still can be used on, on a small level. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have a, a rules contest now to see how the guys uh, remember their rules. Oh, cool. a quiz show? <laughs> Oh, excellent. No. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, what is the second factor? On I have no of... idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan, what is the third factor? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but after playing the one, did you say you played one time? Mm -hmm. Just one time. And are you going to play again? Absolutely. Oh, okay. 
That's great. Absolutely. Are you going to play uh, on Wednesday with us? I am not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in after that. Yeah, hopefully. At least 12 games a year, so... Um, well, this, well. Is my, this is my, you know, I, again, I was in the National Guard, so I was, you know, attending monthly drills and, uh, you know, flying once or twice a month. So I, I treat this as a, you know, a bit of a separation from that. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm retired. So, you know. Oh, I, it's your, my, your night out. Exactly. It's yeah. my it's my military <laughs> night out. All right, good. Go. And, and my my, my wife, you know, is is ready to grant that to me. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, we had, I think we actually talked on a previous show about yes. it's when you get married establishing the at least one night out a week rule. Yes, you know, the squad leader you know, prenuptial agreement. Yeah, it's you know because some people go into it you know expecting marriage to be well we're home every night now dear you know and although other women of course come in with their own agendas too. Well, I'm right. going out with the girls and. You know, I'm, I'm volunteering for this. I'm going to be active in the church, whatever. So, um, but um, other questions. Uh, what nationalities did you play? Do you remember? I only played American. You've only played the Americans. I have. Did, with the lousy six morale, do you remember? Was well, last time I, when I played you, I had seven morale. Okay. Because I think they were they're more advanced. The elite. Yeah. The elite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. At ease. All right. Well, that's odd to play just the Americans for those first three games, but it is. Starter kit one, right? Right, and and I think the first time too we had tanks. I played the first game I played. I played with you. We were a team against Mr. Tim. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, and we beat him. <laughs> <laughs> but you did some choosing. I remember saying, "Do you want to fire these tanks now or right. um, move them?" And you just oh, let's just go for it. And right. it ends up paying off. You know, taking out some of the enemy tanks. Although so. we lost two. Um, oh yeah, but we still won the game. That's true. So, um, and Dan, what nationality do you remember playing? I was German. Uh, during our first game uh, with Steve, uh, he was American. I was German. I believe it was Verville. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's was a good the, one. The Retaking Verville. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. One of the starter kit yep. ones again. Right. Yeah. I defended miserably. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> no. it came down to actually, the last no, turn. Right. It did. It came you're, down right. turn. you're right. I, I was. You were rolling pretty horribly, if I remember correctly. Right. And, and, and then at you the started end, rolling horribly that's at, right, the at the end. Your machine gun jammed a couple times. I think blew up on you. Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And then we had that little, we had a couple melees in the in the buildings. Yep. Close combat. Yeah. Close combat. Yeah. Yep. yep. Going to melee hand to hand. So yeah. how did you, but... Dan? That that was your first exposure to squad leader. You hadn't yep. read the rules or anything. Nope. So how did you, how did you make it through the game? I mean, how with did... a lot of help from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was yeah. We. Too. I did not have an opportunity to read the instructions before I came the first time. Um, you know, again, as we as we got into the game and and after what three four rounds, right? You know, I I began to realize, okay, it's the same thing over and over again, and obviously, then it it gets quicker and quicker. But yeah. you know, Dave was walking at that time both of us through being my first time and Steve's right. second time. Yeah. Um, Walking through the instructions, it was a rather, if you remember, it was a rather slow game. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we it was a it was a, a five hour melee. Well, you always stop for any questions you got. You always have to review what the counter factors mean, and then there's right. always new rules coming at you, and you're going by the fourth turn. Oh, I didn't know this, or but you're right. I think that sequence of play, that prep fire, move, defensive fire, um, assault fire, or advancing fire, those that move right. fired half, route phase, and then. 
advance and then close combat, it's a lot of phases yeah. right there. Then once you've cycled through that, yeah, for smarter people like you, Dan, um, you know, three or four times you learn it pretty quickly. Slower people like Steve need to play three or four whole games. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You're not supposed no, to I'm say that when he's in the room. No, I'm Dave. just kidding. Steve's, they're both very smart. That also helps pick up the game. But, yeah, once you cycle through the, the that, you get an idea of, oh, if I shoot, I'm not going to move, and just some basic things like that, that cycle. Oh, my enemy gets to shoot when I'm moving, and he shoots again at the end of that. Right. Then you know, you know I don't get to just run around, and then he fires at the end like some other game you might have played. Because that fire while he's moving, stopping your enemy is very, very important aspect of the game. In fact, there's a miniatures World War II game, Battleground, that I've been playing. Um, and what I don't like about it is that there's no defensive fire stopping the guys when they're moving. So I, I've watched the guy move his miniatures around the corner to a ruined house, and I can see him coming. I was firing out the window. He's coming to my left. I can see him. He can cross a whole half a building right up to me, and I don't get an opportunity to shoot at him as he's coming around. Uh, they have an opportunity fire thing you can use, but then you lose your shot. It's just not as well done as squad leader, where you get to keep your shot if you don't take an op fire. Everybody gets an opportunity fire while people are, a de they call it defensive fire in squad leader, while people are moving. So I like that game system a lot, the squad leader system, but it's more a little more complicated. It's a little more complicated, but I think it also makes it, you might, I mean, more realistic, if that's the case. I mean, they're just counters, not really real people, which is good. But, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, but it does make, it seems like it makes a battle a little bit more realistic. But I don't have any really military background to say if that's right. good or not. But I would think that it would be something similar to what would take place in an actual battle. Yes, because you're yeah. not going to be able to run across between those two buildings. Right, in open ground. With somebody looking at you right. without a risk of getting shot at. And right. in other game systems, you can because it's your move, not his fire. So you get to move, and then he gets to fire. Right. So That's one of the attractions to the game for me is that uh, it's on the level that it is, it creates, it's kind of an intimate thing because you feel like you're down in there right. in it with things that are going on that you don't get really get from the operational or, or the strategic level games. You know, so uh, that's really attractive. But I'm just really intrigued that you uh, invite players in who have no experience and... Throw them right into the game. Don't read the yeah. rules. Yeah, that's right. You have Get to. Get them right in there. Right. Yeah. Um, starter kit rules are more accessible. Now, Steve, right. have you bought the game? I have. I bought starter kit one. Okay. So I still need to buy my new new bins for my, all my counters. And I'll give you copies of my new labels I've made. Because when I print them, I print out two copies of each. I'm like, oh, Steve will probably want some of these, maybe. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> where's my love? <laughs> Did you buy the game? I have not bought the game. You don't buy love, man. You gotta buy the game if you're gonna I get love. I plan on buying the game. <laughs> well, you can't get starter kit one. It's out of print. Um, well, no, I found it. Oh, they might have it in store. Right, they could be. Yeah, yeah I remember. I got MMP it doesn't have it. Yeah, from the company. Um, but I do. I have one in a baggie, right, without a box, that I'd be willing to sell you, if you want it without the box. I don't know if you're a fan of the boxes or not. Jeff, what did you do with your boxes? I threw them out. Whereas, I threw my boxes away. Whereas I keep all my boxes because it's ooh, part of the game. I have the box. But if you want one, Dan, without a box, I can get it to you okay. next time or over maybe. Um, we were talking a little bit about our, the fact that Steve and I are, are relatively new and, and trying to learn the game. And I just want to say that I think for a new gamer, it's, it's especially important to have a person that is an effective trainer. 
You know, I mean, you can get thrown into a game and and have somebody try and explain the rules to you, but not explain it in a way where somebody new understands it. You know, and I, I just want to compliment Dave. You know, he helped both of us out that first game, primarily me, since it was my first time. But it's it's a compliment to be able to, you know, explain the rules like ASL, which can be a bit a bit difficult. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively complicated game, but you know, depending on the, the the person who's teaching, you know, can make it that much easier. Well, you know, and Dave was you. Dave was was great in in not only explaining how to do something, but why you would do that or why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important for somebody new to be able to understand it quicker and and uh, and be interested enough to say, boy, I, okay, I did this once. I want to come back a second time or I want to come back a third time. You know, I think that's that's important. Thank you very much. I was going to laugh as your dogs keep coming sliding down the stairs. <laughs> but when you were being so complimentary, I couldn't quite laugh. You know, it, it helps that I teach eighth graders. So I was well trained to teach you, Dan. <laughs> I throw out compliments. What do you get back? No, thank you very much. Um, I think teaching, well, I do teach for yeah, a living, so it's it probably is. one of my gifts. But yeah. um, um, sometimes I try and teach two while I'm playing two games at once. And we true. have a high number of players. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> then you don't get the same level of teaching because I'm trying to do two things. And, you but know, I remember you were playing a game. You were playing a game at the time that you were Helping teaching you. us. Oh, that's right. I was playing against Remember, Dave. I was my first right. time. It yeah. was Steve's second time, and you were playing a game at that's the right. same Dave time. That's right. Dave and I were facing That's off, right. And we were putting you two against each other. That's right. Figuring we could handle starter kit rules without too much difficulty. And then eventually you guys quit your game, and Dave Kinnaman took my side, and you took oh. Dan's side, and you wouldn't let you wouldn't really that's give us right. tactic, tactic uh, suggestions, but you would tell us the rules as we kept yeah. on going. Now you have to do this, but you wouldn't tell us where to move or anything okay. like that. Okay. I think he saw that it was a quarter to 11. And we, and we, were, a quarter, we were a quarter of the way through the game. Yeah, and you, just helped, two. you just helped yeah, us move through the game yeah. much quicker. Yeah, um, you're right. You're following right. the rules. You know, he, instead of we having to stop and ask you questions every time we did yes, that, yeah. you just said, okay, now this is what you're doing, this is what you're doing. But you didn't tell us where we had to move our squads or anything like that. Yeah, and he and, he and I then finished that game later on. I do remember that now. Yeah. We took one of our nights out and did that together. Um, and I wish I had more time to play all of you guys individually. But I'm playtesting Hakapale, you know, on like twice a month, and then I do the um, miniatures games, and Jeff's involved in some other gaming and stuff. And Steve, want to get you guys into the guys' night, which I'll have to get to in a minute, but um, off of the air. Um, but it's hard to get the time because I always think, oh, I should play a game with Jeff or yeah. with, oh, but I better finish that playtest. You know, they expect us to get this done relatively a good pacing, two games a month. So once that sucks up time, but. Um, at least we have the Wednesday thing. That's a good opportunity to switch players around and, sure. and play different opponents and so on. Yeah. So. yeah. so thank you. Well, now you guys have played the system. Do you have any questions about what the system has to offer or what other kind of games you've played the starter kits? Um, well, and, and really I've only played I played one tank game. Oh, correct. And that was... And that, I don't know if that necessarily Not counted. a starter kit, I don't think, right. either. And I think I played, and I've played two infantry. Um, two infantry. Infantry scenarios. So, I mean, yeah, I don't really have. I, I don't know if I necessarily have any questions, but I guess what's the next step after infantry? You start using. Well, starter kit two is guns. Okay. Which is the artillery pieces. It's not machine guns or handguns, but artillery pieces, um, anti-aircraft guns. Right. Well, I don't know if those are in the game, but uh, mortars, 
yeah. big larger mortars than the littler mortars. Those kind of guns are included. And then the third one, Stargate Three, is vehicles. Where you tanks. tanks. You add in tanks, armored vehicles. So that's how they build you up. And then they expect you to go someplace else is the next step, which is of course to the full blown advanced squad leader. Okay. Which I'm anxious to get you guys doing. Also, but probably another year maybe. Okay. Playing starter kits because it adds in a lot of rules, which we actually discussed in a uh, previous episode. Yeah, episode so. six, we talked about what some of the differences were when you make that step from the starter kits to the main rules. Right. Sure. So, have you listened to episode six? I have not. Five? No. Four? <laughs> we want you to listen to episode two because episode two? two is episode lagging two. behind <laughs> <in> <laughs> listenership uh, for some reason. I'll listen to episode two. All right, great. Yeah, there you go. That's Dan, you'll have two hits. <laughs> two automatic hits. Have you, Dan, listened to any of our shows? I actually did listen to one for a short period of time. I think I was at, I was at, I was at work over lunch. <laughs> well, boy, we're glad wow. our friends are such our Maybe fans. you'll listen to this one. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's a good joke. Yeah, listen, going back and listening to the others. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I started listening to some podcasts when I was painting my living room. When I first discovered a first podcast, and because I could click on the computer right upstairs right. there, the room's gone. I could spend hours painting, and, and it was a good time to listen and stuff like that. But um, it's a wonderful thing. So, um, how about militarily things you've seen in movies, war movies? You watch a lot of war movies, or are there things you've seen in those movies about World War Two, and, and you're wondering if they're in the game? Okay, Band of Brothers. I guess they're that. Would... Start with that. Um, he, you know, I think it's the. Uh... It's the third movie where they retake that position, um, where the uh, the Germans have the trenches. Yeah, they have a couple of those eighty eights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I think Borders. Band of Brothers is actually a very, a very, very good uh, movie to use to compare to Squad Leader because after you've played Squad Leader a few times and you watch Band of Brothers, you can totally see what's going on. Sure, you can. It, it just all fits in with the way that the tactics that they use. The weapons that they use, you'll start to recognize. You know, you recognize the 88s. You recognize some of the uh, places with that they are because all of the squad leader scenarios are actual historical places. Yeah. I think uh, more than a lot of other stuff. And did you say 88s? Historically correct. Yeah, 88s or 80s? The 80s were the mortars. 88s were the NIA. 88s. They, the they took a position uh, of 88s uh, on D-Day. And you mentioned uh, trenches. Trenches are also in squad leader. Okay. So as well as foxholes, um, even shell holes from explosions. Right. You show me those on that huge, gigantic game. Oh, the historical game board. Right. Yeah. Okay. When they're in Russia or something. Yeah. There's little counters for shell holes too. You can put. You're supposed to roll it when you roll the dice. Like I did an offboard artillery bombardment on uh, Timonen the other night, and you know I, I wanted to roll for all the empty hexes. He said, "Well, just roll for where the guys are to break them." I said, "No, no. I want to see if we get shell holes." Which we did. If you roll a KIA low enough, um, you can play shell holes in those hexes. I was hoping I'd be able to use them in my assault once my artillery ceased the bombardment and I went to assault the final position. I'd be able to jump into those shell holes. So it's a little strategic advice for you too. I I like the what that adds to squad leader. I mean, I, when I came on, I was thinking this was a a game that just dealt with say unit size, unit strength you know, weaponry, but it's it's neat to put that extra dimension on the, you know, the cover and the concealment like you're talking about, foxholes and, and you know, uh, explosions where you're actually going into 
uh, into holes and things, buildings, uh, concealment, just, you know, simple wheat fields or, yeah. or foliage, you know, simple concealment. It's not cover, it's concealment. It, it hides a movement rather than something like cover, which can actually, you know, prevent small arms fire. Yeah, now he remembers yeah, that from, from playing once. <laughs> no, 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 I, well, most of that is actually, I mean, I do remember the, the wheat fields and thing, or the grain. Yeah, you, you can see grain, grain. grain, you can see through it, you know. Know. it could be wheat, it could be any yeah. kind of grain. you know, cover and concealment is a pretty, yeah. you know, pretty standard mm. infantry term. Right, that's true also. But uh, So, Band of Brothers, anything else in that? that... Well, there's a few, I think that there's, uh, um, there's a number of battles in that game that they retook a, I think early on in the movies they took, they retook a town. Well, different. I mean, there's different. Oh, the parts battle, of, yeah, other, yeah. Bands of brothers, band of brothers. I think had a number of battles that were, yeah, interesting. And then Dan, or Dan and I were just talking about the um, Lieutenant Spears just running through the town. I don't even remember what town it was. I don't even remember what country it was in. It might have been France or Denmark or something. And he just runs across the town. He, he knew there were some American troops on the other side of this wall, and he jumps over the wall, and he starts telling them what they were going to do, and then he jumps back over the wall and comes back to his yeah. It was, it was <laughs> his an adjacent. And, it was an adjacent unit that happened to be on the other side of town, right? And, and they and there runs the Lieutenant and... Spears through the town and tells them how to link, how they're going to link up, and then he runs back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The radios yeah. were out or something, <clears throat> right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, I know in that TV series, I remember seeing um, the Americans totally bombarding some German positions. And someone, one of the Americans was closer to it, and he could observe that these guys didn't want to fight. Okay. He was ho- hoping they would call it off or, or ask him to call it off, the, the bombardment or whatever. And they ended up being, you know, Polish or Russian prisoners who were forced to fight for the Germans over in Normandy. Right. And so, you know, that in squad leader would be conscripts conscripts squads mm-hmm. guys who were forced to fight so as i'm watching i'm like oh there's the conscripts you know you can think of everything in the, oh, in the terms of squad leader too and yeah. movies like that saving private ryan yeah definitely similar situation you have a machine gun nest under that billboard or whatever out there in that field they had to take the machine gun nest and um and, you know i i was so bad when i first started playing too i would be driving to ohio to visit my wife's family and i'd be looking actually at the terrain <laughs> out the window and look at it going cornfield you know concealment and, oh. and then there'll be a clump of trees by the house i go that's a like looks like a woods hex out there <laughs> actually thinking of real life in terms of the board for a while um but i think that just helped me process what the game was i can't see through those woods or over those woods and that kind of thing but i always wondered about trees okay in squad leader Ground level, and you, you beginners haven't played with levels, right? In the starter kits, so right? If we use them, we were cheating, putting you in advanced rules. But um, the levels are level one, and then there's level two in a building, right? Right? Yeah. And the trees are how tall? Trees are. Oh, that's a good question. Level one. I yes, think, of course, Jeff. Yeah, you know just that. Level one. Level one. Right? Now, why are they only level That's one what trees? I'm are saying. They all stunted growth trees. <laughs> exactly right. So I'm, I'm driving to Ohio, looking at the trees. They're like yeah, they're... two, three times as tall as a house. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, wait a minute. The trees are like way too short in Squad Leader. Well, they, are way too short. they have forest rules they added later on. I think in Comp Group Piper. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Which the forest is now a two-level obstacle. Okay. So now the trees are twice as tall. Ah, but all I mean, of them. 
in the forest. Anyone? Uh, what do they call it? Um, Alpine Fort? No, it's Alpine oh. Hills rule. I, I forget the rule name, but it actually does state okay. that these things are twice as tall. And I think that if you're playing, in, and I had a friend tell me that in Europe, if you really go to European cities, the woods and building the, the trees around in the cities are all smaller than in America. Huh. They don't grow these giant. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. I guess we'd have to go online and cruise some pictures of Europe. Well, let's just go and find out. <laughs> let's, let's go to Europe. Yeah. More donations, listeners. Or more of our. <laughs> maybe our listeners could inform us. Yeah. Or somebody, just invite us. <laughs> to come to their houses. Yeah, to come to their houses. Yeah, our, our French fan base. Maybe yeah. you could add a note to our show notes or our uh, questions of posting. What do you call it? Of comment. Yeah, post our comment section. About the tree height in France. But in, tell me, where is this tree height rule? This, this with the double size. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember it right now. But it's not in. It's not no, a it, uh, MMP product or is no. It on a I believe it was an Avalon Hill, probably Comf Group oh. Piper or something. Oh, I. But I again, I can't come up with it right now. But what's Comf Group Piper? That's oh, not the squad leader. Yeah, historical squad leader game oh, from Avalon Hill. Oh, about the um, Battle of the Bulge. You guys know the Battle of the Bulge? Yeah. The last gasp of the German, German. armies. Yeah. And so that they have the two historical maps that you didn't see, Steve. But I think Steve had seen Stalingrad, probably okay. the new one, um, right. Valor of the Guards. But they also have Conf Group Piper, which has all these leveled hills going up. I think there may be seven levels, um, woods. There's you know a little village here, like five six houses, and a village over here, and many roads going all over the board. It's historically accurate. They try and take, recreate these from aerial photographs. So Conf Group Piper was, there were two of them, one and two. And, um, but in somewhere, the rules about the, the trees. So aren't the trees short? I the mean, trees are short. I never you know, really thought about it, but I guess they are. Yeah. yeah. But now level one, two, when you look at the rules, they have diagrams in the green section of the, of the rules on the terrain. And the, the, the cross-cut diagrams or side views of the, like what it might look like, they're really cool. And I enjoyed looking at those so much when I was starting out in this, in this hobby. Um, but I do think I noticed that when they show level one, it's up like two or three rows of windows in a tall building. And level two might be up to four rows of windows or five. So I think their concept of level one isn't necessarily ground floor, first, you know, first floor, second floor, like you're going up an elevator. So I know those heights are off a little bit. If we can look look at that. Jeff, you want to grab me the rules, and I'll look it up while we continue to talk. So anything else in Band of Brothers? Or? Well, you think about the when they are parachuting into the hedgerow area you know, of France. Yeah, there are rules for hedgerows. Okay. Right, yeah, absolutely. Those came out in the basic terrain rules. They're kind of complicated. They're actually rewriting the terrain rules for their um, newest game that came out, Normandy 1944. We're going to talk about that next week, but the yeah. the bocage rules were rewritten for that. that and Joe, was. Joe and I uh, were playing, have played uh, two scenarios from Action Pack Four, which just came out, which was just released, and they have um, extended rules about bocage and how those are played. And and I think Joe's going to be with us on the next episode. We're going to have him come in, and we're going to talk about our scenarios. So I don't want to give away too much, but um, well, you know what? I might have to take that back. Looking at these buildings in the drawings for a two-story, it shows windows on the ground level and then a row of windows up above it. And then the multi-story is made up of two, three, 
four, maybe five rolls of Windows 2. I figured you it were goes wrong, up like I was just three, going with it. Three levels. I, I, I didn't swore. want to be combative or, you know. When you just glance at them, they do look like they're, yep, no. So they're just darn old short trees. That's yeah, all they're short trees. That's all there is to it. Okay. So, Dan, did you have a question? Uh, yeah, again, being that I've played it once, I, I, I haven't purchased any uh, any kits to date. Um, what what comes with a starter kit? Steve, you had said that you just purchased one. That you said that you couldn't buy a starter kit from a from a online or something, but you bought it at a store, correct? No, I bought it online. Oh, I'm sorry. I then I had it backwards. I didn't buy it at a store. I bought it online. I can't remember who I bought it from. Well, but Multiman Publishing is the, the official company. The official mm -hmm. company is out of stock on it. For the okay. And they are not sent, so they're not shipping anymore to retailers either. Okay. Until they come out with another printing, which might be. I don't know. Three months, six months. I think they're going to try and keep those in, in, in yeah, print much more often. They've been so successful. So. Okay. Yeah, because it's the way to get people in and get more money, obviously. But um, you get um, two sets of counters. You get um, American counters and um, German counters. Okay. And Russians also? Or? I, actually, I, now I don't know. And start kit one? One. No, Americans and Germans. Germans. Okay. Right. Well, two boards. to start. Two, two boards. game boards. Three boards. Three boards. No, yeah. X and y. Oh. y, and a, y and Z. X, Y, and Z. Oh, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Uh, maybe it is X, Y, and Z. Look, you've got a... Maybe Unless I got you got a, gypped. I did get gypped. I got gypped. You get two dice. Two oh, dice, that's nice. right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And yeah. a little small rule book that right. covers just the basic rules. Yeah. So. Okay. And six scenarios. I was going to say, do you yeah. get scenarios? Yes. And six yes. scenarios, right. Six Everything scenarios. you need to play is six scenarios. All right, so yeah. six so. scenarios for three boards. Mm -hmm. Right. Two boards. Two or three boards. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three. Yeah, yeah. And you use them over and over. Um, they turn them sideways, turn them long ways, okay. you know, and recombine them, put these two together, put these two together. So it's geomorphic, so it's all switchable, which is the whole game system except for those historical games, which have, um, it's not switchable. It is a specifically Stalingrad in, you know, 1943, whatever, historically what it would have looked like. So. Neat. Well, probably getting done with the interview portion here. Yeah. Do you guys have any more questions about the game or anything? I just, I'm just, I'm just amazed that at the amount of of stuff that is involved in this. I mean, looking at looking at, I mean, behind me there's there's boxes and, and oh, plastic man. bins filled. I'm sure with with various. Uh... So can you start again with your thoughts? I'm just amazed. Just looking at the at the amount of of equipment and pieces and rules and scenarios and boards and um, you know between between Jeff and and Dave, it's just amazing where you can go with this. You know, from a starter kit and just build and build and build until you have you know what hundreds of scenarios, probably oh, yes. thousands um, of thou pieces. A th a thousand. Maybe yeah, there's probably at least a thousand scenarios. A thousand? By now, official ones. I used to actually keep a record of them all. I actually used to add them up, and I'd count up like, oh, there's there's 12 in this you know, yearly publication, this year's 24, and this one's this. So now there's 150 in this. Total game ones went over 100 for the official games. And there's all the amateurs. I used to actually tally it all up, and I think I left off at like seven, 800, and that had to be 10 well, at least five to ten years ago. So, yeah, there's incredible amounts of stuff. Yeah. And, and amateur companies make more stuff, which in, earlier in the show we talked about before you guys arrived. Um, Not amateur companies. I'm sorry. Non... 
official non-official yeah. but they do an excellent job yeah I they mean, do you can go to this website these guys who are just gamers um, publish and it's got the historical maps their own. And their own their own how do they do that by the way I don't if know if Research has the oh owns the licensing yes. for Squad Leader how do you publish an yeah. ASL game in the early days they used the exact counters the same image of the counter on their scenario cards sure and they used you know and so MM the of Avalon Hill in those days, I believe, um, kind of sent out the word. Look, you know, obviously you guys are taking away our money, and and it, so you, we're, we're going to have to say you can't quite do it the way we're doing it. And they go, they said, well, you you have designed your own rules in here. You want us to design our own. You know, you tell us to do that. Okay. It's part of your game system. And I said, yeah, but selling it's another issue. So I don't know if it went to court, but I remember the lawyers may have hashed it out. Out of court, so the non-official products had to change their symbols for the counters. They could still say, you know, three, six, six, seven American counters, but they had to have a different-looking soldier on it, and they couldn't use the exact um, artwork in their presentations. Hmm. So at some point, it switched over to this. Each company has its own look to it now, but it's a scenario, and yeah. it's the same thing. But the point being, there's so much. There's such a so much a, out there. A lot of stuff, and. Anyway. And this stuff just doesn't spring from the ground. You know, there's people that labor hours and hours and hours putting all this stuff together, which is what amazes me. Yeah, research. That somebody researches these things so carefully and something that looks, that we take for granted like a game board, at least I do. I'll take, you know, Game Board X. I'll take it for granted. But these guys, they plan it out. They plan out where the buildings are going to be, the way line line of sights will work, so that it they know that it'll be an interesting board, and you can turn it different ways and use it in different ways, and it's still it'll be you know very versatile and fun to play with. Yeah, and as far as things to add on to it, you know, uh, out of production right now are the Jap is the Japanese yeah. module, uh, the Marines. So when you know when I started, it was just infantry and Beyond Valor, the game Beyond Valor. And then I bought a Paratrooper. It was an introductory game they put out with uh, six scenarios or so. And a, a short, small group of American Paratrooper counters. Not a lot of vehicles because they were the Paratroopers. And you played those and then came out Yanks, which was the full stack of Americans with all the vehicles, the armor personnel carriers, the Jeeps, you know, everything that seems to be in there. Then came um, Partisan, which covered some small unit actions with local citizen fighters. Uh, in the Russian front or in France, and then came... Um, For king and country. Uh, the British. Uh, the British actually was called uh, West of Alamein, which was the desert scenario. So I seven think they're, no, they're separate. They're, they were two separate ones. King and country? Yeah, for king and it country. didn't come out until they couldn't reissue West of Alamein. But for king and country, doesn't have any desert in it. You're, well, you're correct, right, the British. The yeah. British came out with a it's, game called West of Alamein, which had all the desert all rules. Desert, yeah. For North Africa. wide open terrain, North yeah. Africa, Rommel, the whole thing. Then I guess, I don't know if that didn't sell well enough, but when they ran out of it and they reissued it, they called it for King and Country and put all the British counters in there and and got rid of the... So you can't really get desert boards now and stuff. No. Like West of Alamein, which I would think would be interesting. Yeah. Then came, I forget the order, but the French, and then came... Um, the Japanese, which now included uh, terrain like um, kunai grass and you know jungle and the variations on the terrain, which are slightly different. The Japanese have all different abilities, you know. So I won't play you guys in a Japanese game for a long time because it's easier to play Americans 
British, you know, German, Russian, then jump into Japanese, which have a whole different structure to them. Um, and then the Marine game, when it's with landings, naval landings, so you can actually do... Um, amphibious like, landings. Yeah, Tarawa. Yeah. They do, you know, a game with all these amphibious vehicles landing up onto the beach and stuff. So it's about... And now, air power is, is limited, but you can do... Uh, Couple airplane counters and, and call them in for strafing runs or dropping a bomb, um, direct something. Um, but yeah, you can drop bombs and, and so on. And there's minor in terms of the whole game system, but about everything is in there. So it is very vast, and I'd like to welcome you guys to it. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah. Looking forward to fun. playing you guys soon. I'm hoping to beat Steve soon. And Dan, I don't care if I lose to you next time. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All I appreciate right. it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for coming for on here. the air. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Okay. All right. It was great having those guys here. Yeah, and, very um, nice. Um, right now, I think we take a look at a uh, concept that may help both experienced players and beginners, more so beginners. But now we have this problem of are they beginners learning Beyond Valor, ASL, or are ah. they beginners learning Starter Kit 1? Right, yeah. so there's different types of beginners now too that we're talking about. Yeah. So we're just going to talk about the uh, machine guns and uh, factors on them and other guns, um, specifically the breakdown number. So Jeff, do you know what a B number is on the counter? There's a B number. This was on an earlier quiz well, show. B number is the breakdown number for that for that item. Meaning, by default, the breakdown number is twelve. If there's none listed as a B if there's number none on the listed. counter. Yeah, but if there's a okay. B number on there, then whatever that number is the breakdown number. So if you are rolling uh, on a fire for effect and you roll that breakdown number, well, the IFT, gun malfunctions. Technically, I have T chart. Yeah. It malfunctions, so is it out permanently? Uh, no, you can repair it. You can okay. repair it you, on the next turn during, during the rally phase. You can roll to repair. The back side of every counter has an R number. You roll one die to try to hit that R number, or better, if it's a five, you try to get a five or, uh, let's see, if it's a one, I guess, you have the breakdown, I mean, the repair numbers are low numbers. Right. Yeah. So if it's a one, so if I it's have a run, to roll you have to roll a one. If it's, if it's a, a three, two, yeah, if you one, two, or three. Correct. Right. And if it's, uh, what's the... And then there's an X number there, which, and if you roll that X number or above, then it's gone for good. Correct. And I think the worst I've ever seen on a weapon is an X6. Have you... Yeah, I've X5? never seen one worse than that. Yeah, no. I think. But, yeah. yeah. Um, very good. Kind of had a little impromptu quiz show for yeah. you. We'll continue maybe a little bit here while we look at the breakdown number rules. Now, um, all of those breakdown numbers can be lowered by a variety of circumstances. So we're just going to discuss those circumstances today. Breakdown numbers lowered, which means it, under certain circumstances, it's easier to break those weapons. So you need to be careful about those circumstances. Correct. Yeah. So, um, And I believe that these are the cases we're going to look at. Um, intensive fire, captured weapon, um, non-qualified people using the weapon, and sustained fire. Uh, also inexperienced. But when you have an intensive fire, a captured weapon, non-qualified use of that weapon, and sustained fire, they all lower the uh, breakdown number by two. Mm -hmm. So if the Russian quiz show, what's the Russian heavy machine gun's breakdown number? Mm, 11, I think. No, that one's still 12. What's the medium machine gun's breakdown number? Uh, 14. <laughs> 
Go back to your first guess. Oh, 11? 11. I knew that. You knew that. And the light machine gun, Russian. Uh, 12. No? 10? 11. 11. Really? 11. Yeah, what's a panda Shrek? I like this. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I didn't do, Jeff, too, I didn't didn't do, do well. too well. <laughs> Let's try this one. Uh, Panzer Shrek breakdown number. Oh, uh, Panzer Shrek breakdown number. Boy, I have no or idea. Or X number, actually. Yeah. yeah. X10. X10. Meaning uh, 10 or more, is it repairable if it's an X number? No. No. X numbers mean the weapon is gone, gone. for good. Take yeah. it right off the table, boys and girls. Right off the table. And put it back in your in, the, in your Plano <laughs> 3826. Oh, no, actually, I mentioned I wanted to mention there was a number sent to us by a listener for the Planos. Oh, yeah, I saw it. 3701. The 3701. 3701 Plano. They were thinner than the ones Jeff was recommending. Yeah, not as Probably deep. than I was. Yeah. And he was saying you don't need the depth. Yeah. Very rarely would you ever need that kind of depth. So he said buy the 3701s, and you could probably stack more of those trays on your shelf. Well, you know what that means. i got to replace <laughs> all of mine now. Because yeah, I'm not. I'm just buying those 299 ones now in Hobby Lobby yeah. and uh, updating to the round bottoms yeah. with my neat little homemade labels yeah. with the cool graphics on them and everything. So... Hello again, dog. That's our dog keeps running up and down the stairs for some reason. He's hyperactive tonight. So X number, meaning it's gone for good. B yeah. number. Now, when you use a captured weapon or non-qualified use, it lowers the B number by two. So if that Soviet light machine gun was a B number of eleven, lower it by two. Uh, is that a nine? That is a nine, Jeff. Fantastic. Hey, for me. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, so let's take a look at okay. captured weapon use first. I have the rules for advanced squad leader, like Beyond Valor version. Jeff has starter kit version. Do you have captured weapons there? I don't see. Actually, I'm looking in uh, starter kit three, and I don't see anything about captured weapons in the index anyway. But I'll uh, you talk, and I'll pretend like I'm listening I'll while I'm actually looking this up. Okay. Um, I'll start with. The captured weapon from, from the standard ASL rulebook, which states a weapon, a captured gun slash support weapon, or vehicle, how often do you capture a vehicle, um, has its BX numbers decreased by two due to lack of familiarity with the equipment and difficulty of resupply. So that 11 becomes a 10 or a 9 yeah. <laughs> on that light machine gun um, when you are using a, when a German squad or American squad uses that Russian weapon, right? And That's as far as you know, are, are all weapons capturable? Well, you know, now that I see that or vehicle in parentheses in that rule, I would say, yeah. Um, let me think. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Even people are capturable as prisoners. But anyone can pick up those weapons and, and I believe try to use them. Now, that gets us going. And did you find any captured stuff? I, I'm not finding yet? anything, but I'm still looking. Okay, sorry for our lack of homework, listeners, but I kind of sprung this on Jeff that I wanted to kind of do this tonight. Um, Non-qualified use. Should I? Now that I've got, I've got that in the starter. starter okay, kit. why don't you start with that so, in the starter kit? Uh, a gun, not a small weapon, fired by a squad or half squad. 
is that's considered non-qualified use. Must add a plus two to hit die roll, but and the break number is reduced by two. So for non-qualified use, the break number is reduced by two. Okay, and that's for a gun, like that's an artillery for, piece, an infantry gun, anti-tank gun, right. tank. Um, there should might also be a non-qualified use rule for support weapons. For support weapons. So um, in the starter kit, they arrange it differently, don't they? They, they put do. it all under probably the support weapons rules. I'll read mine for captured equipment from the, again, Beyond Valor type rules. Um, Non-qualified use. An ordnance weapon. Now that means it has to roll it to hit roll. And then, right. and then an effects roll, which requires a crew to man it. may be operated by non-qualified, friendly, multi-man counter, or a qualified enemy multi-man counter by applying the penalties we've already listed under malfunction. So this is saying that if a German squad mans an American um, gun, anti-tank gun, they would have to pay the non-qualified, I'm sorry, the captured weapon right. penalties. If, well, no, I'm sorry, they would, they would apply both. Yeah, These captured and non-qualified. Right, so if a German crew picks up the American anti-tank gun and tries to fire it, it's a trained crew trained to fire an anti-tank weapon, yeah. so they would just pay the captured weapon penalty okay. of lower the B number by two and the B number becomes an X number. So what's the what's the cumulative of uh, non-qualified and captured? Then you're looking at four? minus two for each four. Oh, wow. Right, so that 11 um, LMG for the Soviets yeah. drops to a seven. We'll break on a seven Dang. more. If you're non-qualified. Don't bother captured just leave it yeah. alone but usually it would only be non-qualified mostly for the artillery pieces right. the more large mortars those kind of things right um because a non because it continues a non-qualified enemy multi-man counter may use these special weapons by doubling these penalties two or more single man counters may fire a crew serve weapon as a non-qualified multi-man counter oh i actually think i forget that <laughs> two or more single man counters may fire a crew serve weapon so like Two leaders can grab an anti-tank gun, but they pay the non-qualified penalty. They lower the breakdown number. Or an artillery piece? Yeah. They're saying anything mm -hmm. that, that's crew. Sure. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, I didn't know that. A lone single man counter. Let me add that to the list of things I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Have you started that's a much. That? Well, it's a, yeah. <laughs> a lone single man counter may fire a crew-served weapon only if heroic. So your hero, and I know he can do a lot of things, but yeah, he can jump behind that anti-tank gun and start firing it. A lone single-man counter may fire a crew-serve weapon, only if heroic. Well, I saw that in uh, the most recent Rambo movie. Oh, here's an exception to this. A lone single-man counter may fire a mortar less than or equal to 82 millimeters as if it were a light mortar. See, this is where the rules start to make my brain just... Mine's it's sizzling. Ow. A lone single-man counter can fire Ow. a mortar as if it were a light mortar. Well, okay, so if it's a 50-millimeter German mortar, isn't that a light mortar because it's on a support weapon counter? It's not yes. a large counter? Right, right. Isn't that what light... I have to look up what light mortar means. It says C9.2. Well, we're not going to do that tonight, but no. fascinating. <laughs> I'm going to have to use my leaders to start firing those mortars if yeah. I need it. Um... So, yeah, non-qualified use and captured use. Okay. Now, also... And, and the starter kit rules do have uh, um, 
rules about captured weapons as well. Okay, right, for I couldn't the find machine it before. Guns, it's not in the index. Support but, weapons. Yeah. Right, technically. Yeah. All right, then there's this thing called intensifier when you fire a gun, as in a artillery piece, AA gun, large mortar. Um, intensifier would also lower the breakdown number by two. Right. And make the B number an X number. Um, and if you are inexperienced, I believe it's slightly different. I have an experienced personnel restrictions over here. Rule 19.32 for the um, normal advanced squad leader non-starter kit. Um, the breakdown number of any support weapon used by inexperienced personnel is reduced by one. So that reduces it by one. And what is an inexperienced personnel, Jeff? Well, I'm in. I'm inexperienced. <laughs> You're a rookie. Yeah. But you're, you're an expert. Yeah. Well, okay. Would an elite uh, squad be experienced? Uh, well, no. Inexperienced. They're not inexperienced. Okay. So, so I would say like uh, conscript maybe? That is correct. Second line troops as well? Um, or green. 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 green there be, you yes. go. Green and conscript troops. During yeah. World War II, many nations were forced to use hastily raised and poorly trained troops. Green and conscripts are represent the bottom rung of the quality ladder. Yeah. I'm reading 19.2. And are governed by rules for inexperienced personnel. Neither green nor conscript may ever use stealth advantages. Um, getting beyond what we want to talk about tonight, I suppose. Um, I think whenever you read from the rule book, we should add an echo effect. Maybe that. so. Make yeah. it sound more official. Yeah. <laughs> um, inexperienced personnel. A green counter stacked with an unbroken leader is exempt from inexperienced personnel rules. Say that again. A green squad yeah. is not inexperienced unless he's not with a leader. Oh, okay. So a green squad with a leader doesn't have to mess with these penalties. Okay. Right. Because he kind of points things out to him. No, no, you green guys, don't yes. do that. Fire right. the weapon this way. Yeah. Um, so an inexperienced... So now we have a conscript German firing a Soviet anti-tank gun. Jeff? Yeah. What's the penalties on that? Uh, he's thinking, everyone. It's a little late in the night. To be I know it's been a long show. Here, try again. Uh, it's a, I don't even know what I asked. It's a. You asked a, a conscript. Conscript. German. German. Firing a Soviet German squad firing a Soviet anti-tank gun. Squad firing a gun. Right. Well, it's four. Minus two. Yeah. It's a captured gun. Right. Fi minus two so more. That's minus two more. And he's a conscript. Oh, and he's a conscript. Lower so the that's B number. Another one. That's five. five. Right. One more okay. instead of two more. Correct. Now there's another case. Now what day of the week is it? It's like on a Friday. On a Friday. Okay. It's minus another yeah. one because it's the end of the battle week and <laughs> yeah. the soldiers are tired. Yeah. <laughs> There's one more case we might want to talk about, which is ammo shortage, ammunition shortage, which also lowers the B number by one. Oh, right. Except in this weird case, that's for a support weapon, where you have a gun, like an anti-tank gun, mortar, or whatever. It, it, it actually changes the B number to a low ammunition number that's one lower than the B number, and I'm not going to go into that tonight. Okay. Okay. 
low ammunition, it probably is a topic to look at for advanced players only Yeah. on a future episode. And maybe we'll do that next episode because next episode will be for advanced players. Okay, we're going to maybe have Joe in for that one? Yeah, we're going to have Joe in for that. We we're hope gonna so. Have, uh, we're going to be talking about Action Pack 4. Or we may have uh, another guest as well. Okay, and what's in the box? I'll open up my Action Pack. Oh, that would be nice. To kill two birds Sweet. with one stone. Sweet. All right, excellent. So that's a brief discussion about um, the breakdown numbers on your support weapons, how you want to, I suppose, watch for your opponents. Yeah, definitely. To be using a, a captured weapon or they're a, a non-qualified squad. Or, and or, hope or, they're not watching you when you're doing that. Right. Oh, you know, we just forget about sustained fire. When you're using sustained fire, which means you're firing a, uh, let's say, a machine gun again, and it didn't have a rate of fire going. Right. It's called sustained fire. It right. fires at half. Blah, blah. It also lowers the breakdown number. So I should have thrown that into the mess. Lowers it by? Two. Oh, okay. And makes the B number an X number. So you so could if, have that German conscript uh, firing that captured Russian uh, with st sustained fire. If it was a, yes, machine gun, yes. Machine gun. So was, that would and, and that would take it down one more? Six. Um, Problem there is we lose the non-qualified modifier because any infantry can fire a, su a support weapon. Oh. So when you get the gun that needs a crew, right. you're into the non-qualified. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not okay. sure you could take that below five. five I'm not sure you the, could. Yeah, five must be the Maybe ultimate. So. But hope that's helpful for you. Yeah. Well, Dave, I think that's uh, I think that wraps it up for this show. All right, Unless I you've think got anything will. else? No, no, I think that's good enough, sir. We're already going to start working on uh, the next show, which should be a very good one. Yep. And uh, I guess that's it. We always Thanks. like to sign off by saying, Roll low and may, and the, may the dice, dice be, be with you, but, but not when you're playing us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been a production of the Two Half Squad. It's copyrighted 2008, fully owned by its hosts. Listeners are free to use this show in a non-commercial endeavor, as long as credit is given to the Two Half Squads.